What makes a great coach? I am so not used to hearing like random computerized voices. What is that? Asterisk. 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 Aster- is it what is it asterisk or asterisk? Oh my goodness. Well, the question I, was, what makes a great well, coach? Coach. Asterisk. Asterisk. Rick. There's an S there, <laughs> and it's it is pronounced. Asterisk. Asterisk. Yes. Asterisk. Okay. There is an S in there, right? I remember being corrected, though, in a faculty meeting when I was in my <laughs> 20s, and I said asterisk, and I was corrected in front of this Who large group of... Who corrected you? Oh, I can't the remember principal? his name. It had to have been an assistant. That's such an assistant principal move. No, it was somebody in the English department. Oh, well, <laughs> that makes sense. Somebody that was into epic poems. Excuse me there, Mr. Galley. <laughs> yes. My but, epic poem says asterisk. And I mean, not that my speech is always 100% perfect, and but I knew it was asterisk. But well, now that you, I mean, most people, I think most people say asterisk. Yeah, I, I know I'm guilty of that. In fact, I probably say it like that all the time. And in sports, like there's all these records that have the asterisk by it. And I think that's why we, we throw it on the title on this, right? Because when we're talking coaching, well, when in sports, when you have the asterisk, by a record, it's like, yeah, they got the record, but there's more to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think when we're talking about coaching, the asterisk is there to remind people that, yeah, but that's not necessarily how we talk about coaching in our culture. Because often it's like parents hear all the time, don't be the coach. You don't, don't be the football coach. Don't be the basketball coach. Don't be the director of the play or the band program director. Just keep your nose out of that, right? Oh, absolutely. And yet, if you're tuning into this right now, you probably saw the saw our, our picture and the title, and you know that this is the Stop Parenting and Start Coaching podcast. Mm-hmm. We don't have an asterisk or an asterisk. I don't have on our, of them. No. Maybe we should put one on coaching. We could. We could. And I mean, because we, we don't want like we're not encouraging parents to go try to fill that role. Like we've talked before about how role definition is so critical and the role that's open for parents is not the role of coach. Their, their job is to do something different. So, well, I would like to dig deeper into this. And I really am interested in your opinion on the specifics. I want I want the nitty gritty details of what a parent should be doing as far as the coaching we're discussing. Mm -hmm. What kind of a coach is that person? What are attributes, skills? Mm, That's a great question. Attitudes? I think that's definitely worth digging some deeper, uh, digging in deeper on. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put a... An asterisk by... (laughs) You're having way too much. We're going to have to take your computer away. (laughs) So I I think it might be fun to get a soundboard, actually, for the... Well, that 
That hey, might, if, that. if you have any specific sound you'd love to hear us use in episodes of the podcast, email us at createtransformbecome at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your suggestions on uh, what we could do to liven things up a little bit with uh, sounds from a soundboard. So fire away. Back to your question, though, uh, just about diving a little bit deeper. The thing that I would love for people to understand about our approach to so stop parenting, start coaching. We are talking specifically about being a life coach for your teens. Life coaching is a whole different approach. It's a whole different skill set than you see with athletic coaching. And this is where parents can add so much value to their kids' lives. If they took that life coaching approach, it would make all the difference in the world. Because a life coach sits in a space where it's a lot of parents want to be friends with their kids. We've You've heard that before, right? And, and that's something that we see commonly is there's so many parents that want to connect in that way with their kids. And we understand, like you want to be, you want to have that kind of relationship where it's fun and you banter back and forth and, and you can have that with your kids. But like for me, that approach is, I think you have to get at the idea of what does it mean to be a true friend? What's a true friend? And when parents lose their way, they think that to be a friend of their kid means they have to, you know, buy them stuff that, you know, do things that they, they shouldn't be doing, cross that line between being a, a parent and being their friend. But a true friend is somebody that has standards, that holds you accountable for things, that has expectations for how you act. And, and I think that the, the life coach approach to parenting allows a parent to hit that note, which ultimately ends up creating, like, you and I have coached each other and that has enriched our friendship. And I think if parents bring the life coaching approach to their relationship with their kids, it's going to enrich the relationship in a way where they feel like they're closer to them, which ultimately is what you're after with being friends with somebody. No, I think that that this life coaching approach that we're we're espousing really will help parents to feel that kind of connection. And then you don't have to do the the dumb things like you don't have to go toilet paper somebody's house together, or you know get <laughs> buy them uh, you know adult beverages and stuff like that to try to connect with your kids. I like the distinctions you made there. I think sometimes there is some confusion with our our definition of this type of coaching yeah. because people are looking at the stereotypical sport coach. Yeah. And so what I mean if I say if I if I just say football coach, <laughs> what do you? The, the muscly guy that's, you know, kind of standoffish and has the big booming voice. And yes. A presence. I mean, I always hear people say, oh, well, they're, they're yellers, mm -hmm. which sometimes they are. I mean, I used to say, well, yeah, there's a lot of times I'm yelling in the gym because it's loud in there. <laughs> you got to raise your voice. I'm together. glad a few people showed up to watch us play. So the, it's, there's, there's noise. And so sometimes you do have to yell. You coach in some big games, though. Lots of noise. But, but they assume that that's how we're talking to the team all the time. No, so not true. And this, I, I think our experience as uh, the experiences that we've had as, as coaches help us to understand this distinction. Because we know when we're talking live coaching, it's not that. And I, I would love, I think it would be really beneficial for our listeners for us to share some of the qualities of a great life coach. And I think if, if parents hear that, that's gonna take us to a, a creation corner that's gonna be hugely valuable to them when we get to the end of this. 
So Steve, I'll, I'll ask you first, what's a quality that a great coach has, coach asterisk has? This is something I've been thinking a lot about lately and had multiple discussions with other coaches on, and it's a, the idea of a push and a pull. And I think you see this with really good sport coaches too, but I think it's especially important with our kids and with teens. And what I mean by push and pull is we generally think of a coach as being a pusher. And I, I don't, I, I mean this in a positive manner. They are pushing you to pushing your limits. They're encouraging you to explore new, new boundaries to everything from effort and attitude to actual skill. They are pushing you. And as we know, I mean, we, you're just, you're not going to reach your potential. You're not going to advance without a coach. Yeah. And well, I wouldn't say you're not going to advance without a coach, but it's with, it's with the services of a coach that you're going to go much further and, and often and much faster. So this idea of pull is that sometimes, sometimes the team needs somebody to help pull them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't mean that you totally give up on the push because I think if it's all one or the other, then I think the mistakes are made. Like if you were only pulling, then what are they going to do on their own? How are they going to face some of life's real challenges if you are just going to pull them all the time? You're going to do everything for them. You're going to bail them out of every mistake. Wow. You're going to you know, just cover for them every single time. You're going to do everything you can to help them avoid failure and avoid learning. And so I think this idea of push and pull, which is, I think this is not easy. No. I don't think this is an easy thing to do. But I know I've been more conscious. I've definitely been more conscious with my clients of, do they need some pulling right now? Or is this the time to, is this time to really push. Yeah, that's great. I think that it, I think in the, the popular vocabulary, it sounds like you're talking about like the lawnmower snowplow parents are the ones that are doing the pulling. They're, they're just pulling, pulling the kids on, dragging them to success. And I think most parents want to avoid that. And so I think this coaching asterisk approach is really beneficial for parents that are trying to avoid that. And I love how you put that, that push-pull, is that's a great thing. For me, I think one of the qualities of a great coach is what we talk about with our Triple E toolkit, with the equip, encourage, and empower. I think a great coach uses those three like a ninja uses their hands to climb walls, the Chinese stars and all their little ninja nunchucks. They just use them all with skill at the right time to accomplish their mission. And I think a great coach does that with equipping, encouraging, and empowering. And that's so powerful. So to like to your point, a good coach has that balance of push and pull. I think a great coach understands how to equip, encourage, and empower within that push and pull. Because you can pull and do those things and you can push and do those things. And if you do, if you use that triple E toolkit that you can get on create, transform, become. Uh, dot com, just a free tool that we offer for everybody. But if you can get good at implementing those skills, you're going to be able to push and pull at the next level. I love the empower word. Yeah, such empower. a skill too. Empower. <laughs>
Oh, we're going to either have to get you a soundboard for Christmas. It's a or great <laughs> word. Hey, can I bring up another E word that Please you brought do. up earlier? Yeah. This is unscripted, everybody. So we'll see where it, where it goes. We'll see, now I'm excited. Okay, you, you mentioned expectations. Yeah. Can we explore this for a second? Please. Okay, we, we have, a, we have a, a mentor and someone we look up to in the life coaching world, mm -hmm. Steve Chandler. Yeah. And he explains how if you have expectations, everybody gets let down. Hmm. Tell me more. He teaches, and I subscribe to this now. I, I didn't used to think this deeply about it, but this was, this was a really big insight for me. He teaches that we need agreements rather than expectations. Oh. Because when we have expectations, there are assumptions made. Ooh, so I, I, I just assume, Nate, that you're, I don't know, that you're going to keep your room clean. Okay. Because I keep my room clean. Right. And I just, hey, the expectation is, and I've, I've even mentioned it to you a few times, you know, that you need to keep your room clean. But the expectation is that you're just, you're going to remember that, you're going to execute it, you're going to do this. And then I go into your room and, I mean, we need to call disaster cleanup. You promised you weren't going to tell. Yeah. So, <laughs> if we had an agreement, now this is, wow. this is, this is, blowing this my is, mind. this is stronger because now we start, we have, and it's not just an arbitrary decree, uh -huh. it is. This is something that we discussed, and this is why we spend so much time on uh, trying to help parents build communication QLC, skills. And communication we've made area. all the mistakes ourselves Absolutely. as dads and as basketball coaches and teachers. And so learning from those lessons and learning how to cultivate real connection and communication, you can then create agreements that are so much more powerful, stronger, and there is... Not, not that everybody's going to execute perfectly, but we certainly don't have the letdowns. Think about it when you have an expectation wow. that's built on an assumption. I'm totally thinking about and that. And then you, and then one side or the other doesn't come through. Half the time, the other person oh. is assuming that they're right. going to do what they're supposed to do. The person not doing what they're supposed to do, in this case, clean the room, they're thinking it's really not that big of a deal. But if you create an agreement, wow. then now we start talking about uh, you move from just expectations to agreements. But then these agreements are based on, uh, they're based on standards. Wow. Which are, is just, to me, is a higher level than just expectations. And you think about it in sports or you think about it in performance. I think one of the mistakes we make as parents is we just, we have an expectation of a certain level of performance. Mm -hmm. You're smiling. I, I am. Oh, you're thinking. I, I've we, been thinking like crazy for the last four minutes. This so, is great. So we have this expectation of a per certain performance level and it probably doesn't always match up with the, it's similar to the definitions of success. It doesn't match up with our teen. Yeah. And guess what? Somebody's going to be, somebody's let down. Yeah. So anyway, you, you punched that expectations word earlier. Oh, and I, I stand I, corrected. Well, I wasn't really trying to correct well, you. I know maybe, you weren't. Maybe we need to, maybe we need to have a, you know, discussion uh, in advance about certain words. Well, it's, 
we get trapped in vocabulary and and I think in parenting expectations is one of the hugest ones there. I know from the work that I I do with kids, coaching teens, uh, teaching them, coaching them in athletics, those expectations that they feel from their parents create a lot of angst. And I think what you're talking about is such a path to a better way to encourage kids to do things that'll be beneficial for them that we know will be, but they're going to sign off on it. Like it, this the concept of creating an agreement and what a coaching skill too. Like elite coaches don't create expectations. They create agreements. What a expectation. expectation. What a powerful way to think about that. What a powerful way to think about how to improve your relationship with your teens and take on this approach where you're coaching them and doing it well. Wow. I think that's those are three great things. If parents could could bring that the coaching approach there and they could balance the push and pull, they could equip, encourage, and empower, and they could start building agreements instead of creating expectations. Those three things alone would enhance their ability to connect with and help their kids chase and pursue their dreams. Yeah, I think the list is could be much longer than three. Be. In fact, I think we should move it to four. But I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have? Do you have a? <laughs> I love it when do you, you have put a me fourth. On the spot. I do, I really do like those other three though. Well, they, the other three are great. And, like I was. Sometimes we avoid the like the friend one. Uh huh. Sometimes we want to avoid. To me, that's a classic case where you look at you look at another parent and you see them crossing the crossing the line and just and being so much of a friend that. They're they're not coaching them in the way that we're uh, the way we're describing. They're being buddy buddy instead of and maintaining yet we that. may be doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Well, I'm. We, we, I I know I've screwed it up. It's that's part of parenting is we make mistakes and we learn from them. Uh, and if I was to throw another one on, I think a great coach learns from their mistakes. I think that would be a terrific one to to just kind of wrap things up for for this episode is realizing I, I know as a coach of sports, a coach of teens and, and other adults that I've worked with and just with my own kids, just being able to make a mistake and move on and bounce back from it. I think that's a great coaching skill to recognize, man, I screwed that one up and I'm going to go back and I'm going to do it. I think that ties in great with something I would love to talk about in our next episode I, I will get it. We're all about skills right now uh, here on the Stop Parenting, Start Coaching podcast. We want you to develop the skills necessary to become an even better coach for your kids. And so uh, tune in next time. We're going to talk more about that. But we told you we're going to end up with a creation corner today. And what we would love to invite you to create in your own little creation corner is create a list of what skills you think make a great coach. If you were to step into that role as a life coach for your teens that are performing, that are in sports, if you were in the role of being their life coach, what's the skills you would want to make sure that you demonstrated for those kids? So go out and create that list, make that list for you. I guarantee you as they've been, as listeners have been listening to this episode that when we ask the question that they have some terrific answers. Mm. So yeah, make and your list and not only make your list, make your list and share it with someone, share it with mm. us, share it with another parent, share it with your team, mm. ask your team, 
yeah. the question. Well, what, what do you think would make a great life coach for you? Yeah, such a powerful question. We'd love to hear from you. Create, transform, become at gmail.com. Share those lists with us. Um, and as you're doing this, please don't feel like it's got to be skills that you don't possess. This could be something you're great at already. You're the VIPs. You're the very important parents. You're the MVPs, the most valuable parents. You're out there doing the work and many of you do things great. So when you're looking at your skill list, don't be afraid to put down something you feel like you're awesome at because you're definitely awesome at something and you're helping your kids more than you realize. So write a few of those things down on your list too. You're doing great, man. Thanks for joining us today on the Stop Parenting, Start Coaching podcast. We'll be back next time to talk about more skills to help you continue to improve as the coach, asterisk, of your kids. Thanks for being with us today. On behalf of Steve Galley, I'm Nate Crandall, and we thank you, our loyal listeners, for tuning in to this episode. If you love what you're learning from the Stop Parenting and Start Coaching podcast, we would appreciate it very much if you would leave us a five-star review and some glowing comments. We also encourage you to share this episode with your friends and family who are parents of athletes and performers. And if you want to explore further and see what Steve and I are creating to help thousands of parents, athletes, and performers, please visit our company's website at createtransformbecome.com. That's create, transform, become, all one word, dot com. There you will find a growing number of resources to help you elevate your performance. Thank you again for your support, and we encourage you to create a magical relationship with your athlete and performer.